and welcome to Automotive Insights Refinish and our latest podcast episode. The Automotive Insights Refinish podcasts are focused on highlighting the very latest trends from the vehicle refinish industry, sharing with you valuable opinion and knowledge from experts in the market, covering a variety of topics currently influencing the industry. In this episode, our focus is going to be on the area of new repair concepts. I'm once again pleased to be your host. My name is Graham Trofall, Global Key Account Manager within Vehicle Refinish for Axel Nobel. As our topic for this episode will be to discuss new repair concepts, I'm really pleased to welcome you to our expert guest today, who has a depth of experience and wealth of knowledge of the vehicle repair sector. Robbie Murphy, Product Manager uh, within Automotive Speciality Coatings in Europe at Axel Nobel. Robbie, if you could uh, introduce yourself and tell us a little bit more about your role within Axel Nobel. Uh, hi, Graham, and uh, thanks for that introduction. As you mentioned, uh, my name is Rob Robbie Murphy. Uh, my current role uh, within Axo is product manager for service for uh, EMEA. Uh, before that, I moved from the shop floor and worked for distribution for five years. I've now been working with Axel Nobel for 27 years. Uh, as a team, we look at improving existing services on offer to the body shop customers whilst looking for new innovative services in line with market changes that may be introduced in the future. So that's just a little bit about where I am, Graham, and, um, and what my role is at, uh, in today's uh, market. Thanks, Robbie. Well, certainly a few years' experience there, and um, I'm sure, you know, they say change is constant, and you must have seen a lot within the, you know, the vehicle body repair sector, and we certainly see this, you know, continuing at a, a, a really rapid pace. You know, both how we repair the vehicle, the technology, you know, the skills that we have to use, and also really, you know, the business model that we operate. You know, quite quite simply, put it in simple terms, what we previously did is, is quite honestly no longer valid today, which, which really brings us around to today's topic of new repair concepts. Now, often referred to under many, many different names. You know, I hear lots in the market, people call it quick repair, fast repair, same day repair. Within Axel Nobel, we, we sort of tag it as rapid repair. Robbie, can you share with us um, a, a little bit of the background to, to what's sort of initiated these concepts. Yes, certainly, Graham. I mean, uh, although, as you mentioned, these practices or some of these practices have been around for many years now, uh, more recently, the main pressure to change came about approximately four or five years ago when some of the work providers, insurance companies were looking at reducing overall cycle times. Um, within that included the uh, the key to key time, you know, the, the time that the vehicles actually spent uh, on site in the body shops. Uh, there was a number of delays, which were reasons for these uh, uh, problems. Uh, some of them was backlog of work, you know, some some body shops taking too much work on site, filling up the car park space and not having enough space in the body shop. Long waiting times for repair approvals. Where non-approved body shops were waiting for approval from the um, for the insurer. Or the accident management companies. There was an availability of parts issue as uh, some of the OEMs now started to uh, reduce stock levels and, and uh, you know put a lot of uh, parts on um, overnight or uh, even two or three day delays uh, for, for parts to be delivered. Um, there was an introduction of new technologies <coughs> um, in line with the manufacturers which required specialist technicians outsourcing or, or new training uh, processes to be put in place. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, smaller repairs being held up as um, 
as the larger repairs took a essential workshop space. And then there was also the third-party involvement supplying like-for-like hire cars at the cost to the uh, default driver, which increased the overall cost and time that the repair took place in the body shop. These issues um, have all been assessed many times and, and looked at using various different methods, as you mentioned earlier, different names to look at uh, solutions, fast track or smart repair, quick repair, one day. Uh, and from Axon Bell, we looked at this and we created uh, the rapid repair concept, which was a completely new way of working within the uh, existing body shop, or in some cases having the option to add in a new repair facility uh, outside uh, the existing workshop. This concept uh, can also be used within dealerships who currently uh, do not have their own body shops or offer this type of service for small damaged body repairs. Um, and with that, we mean for um, a new offer for the uh, for the service customers who are coming in and also for uh, the in-house uh, used car um, preparation. So basically, that's, that's around about where it came from. You know, like I said at the very beginning of that conversation, uh, and that statement was, uh, you know, it's not new, it's just, uh, it's a change in the marketplace and it's something that we've looked at that's becoming more and more important. Thanks, Robbie. That's, that's a good insight into, you know, a number of the, the major things which really are, are impacting the body shop. And they all sound pretty familiar, and I'm quite sure to anybody listening to this, you know, that's mm. been around the industry, they'll, they'll recognise those, those sort of challenges. But in, in effect, what we have <coughs> is... You know, the body shop is facing a very, very different set of now business challenges, probably mainly driven really by, you know, the work provider and, and to some degree the consumer, you know, which is which is fully understandable. Yep. I mean, when you think of the, the additional cost disruption that we face as a consumer or, or as an insurer or fleet customer, you know, it's key that we get the vehicle turned around as fast as possible. And I suppose as well, you know, also critical for the body shop to to turn cars around pretty quick as well but you know what about what are we seeing there in terms of things like technology you know is is this sort of starting to to drive this you know aside from the work provider the consumer demand is is technology also influencing th these sort of things what what is it that you sort of see on this yeah, you're absolutely right there, Graham. Um, I mean, today's body shops, uh, they have to deal with, uh, with a number of different challenges year on year. And some of these challenges include pressure to continue repairing these vehicles, especially up to the highest standard, which is what uh, you know is expected. But whilst doing that, also reducing the time that the vehicle remains on site. Um, they've obviously um, looked at different ways to try and learn how to handle vehicle repairs to contain a, a high number of new technologies including uh, technologies like the fuel systems for one you know you know for the consumer who's going around whether they're plugging it into an electric system or they're using uh, you know uh, one of the new uh, fuel systems that's out there hydrogen or whatever um, it, it means nothing to them but once it comes into the body shop it you know it it's got to be approached in a completely different way um, other technologies include like lane change and systems distance controls radar radar automatic brake systems semi-autonomous controls and, and then you know if you look at um, the newer vehicles there's a high number of these new systems commonly installed into new vehicles nowadays um, on top of that we have you know the traffic calm programs you know globally these are decreased speed limits and increased the pedestrian safety with new systems built into the vehicles for them 
And these are just some of the reasons why the damage severity has decreased over the years. Uh, Thatcham uh, in the UK did um, a study uh, a few years back which showed uh, the size of repair and the severity of repair. And year on year, you know, the severity uh, is, is reducing. And, and they, were, they were talking in figures of sort of around about 50% of the repairs within, uh, uh, within the next four to five years will be what we call the cosmetic or smaller uh, damage repairs, you know, sort of two to three panel repairs. In a lot of cases, not having to um, re replace panels, uh, maybe replace some small parts, but major, major areas to be repaired. Yeah. And then the overall um, uh, benefit to the body shop in that is that you reduce your key to key times. Um, by triaging the work, you know, so making sure that the smallest uh, work or the, the, the cosmetic damage goes down a different re repair route, you know, we're still going to have um, the option to do the larger repairs, um, albeit, uh, you know, there may be less of them, but we still need that option in place. So uh, by taking the, the, the cosmetic or smaller repairs out of the equation, triaging them down a different route, uh, using uh, programs like the repair over replace, so, you know, not wasting any time waiting for parts, no parts delays, uh, because you're going to have the the skill levels in place to repair those um, vehicles rather than replace those parts. And uh, the overall uh, benefit uh, to the customer is a, is that you know there's a much more increased satisfaction because they get a quicker vehicle return. And when that customer, you know, I hold that as the policyholder, the insurer, uh, the the hire company, whoever the work provider is in that particular instance. Um, it also gives body shops ability to capture policyholders with uh, high access uh, from the insurance. Um, you know, if a vehicle uh, repair needs seven or eight hundred pounds or eight hundred euros worth of work doing, but the access is uh, on that insurance uh, policyholder is in the same region. You know, six to, to eight hundred pounds. Mm. Then, um, in a lot of cases, uh, that the the, uh, the repairs can be done um, and paid for direct by the the policyholder without the use for claiming on insurance. You know, at the moment, uh, we, you know, we, we've seen an awful lot of uh, body shops that um, that don't offer that service, you know, and, and they end up losing the job because um, the policyholder goes somewhere else where they can get a cheaper uh, option or, you know, not, maybe not so much the higher quality that they're looking for, but certainly uh, saving themselves some uh, some money. Yeah. Uh, the main reduction um, for the work provider is to reduce the key-to-key -key times. Um, for the benefits from the body shop, if they supply courtesy cars, you know, they can turn their courtesy cars around us so there's more efficient use of the vehicles. In some cases, they need less courtesy cars so they can use what they've got uh, in, a, in a more efficient manner um, and increase the time that, that they use those courtesy cars on the road. Um, from a dealership perspective, though, Graham, you know, it's, it's slightly different. You know, um, we look at dealerships now and an awful lot of the dealerships, especially with the used car market, you know, they, they use third parties to come in to do the repairs and, and tidy up the used cars before they go onto the um, onto the forecourt for sale. You know, there's a big there's a big um, chunk of revenue missing there. You know, by using a third party because they're paying out to have this work done. If they look at this in a different manner and they say, okay, we'll, we're now going to invest into a, a new way of working, which gives us interdepartmental sales. So we're not paying a third party; we're keeping it within the business. Um, there's no external cost going out. Uh, you know, well, when I say no external costs, that's uh, not that's not including any investment they may have to do. But certainly, the investment would be part of the, um, the plans for the return of that investment. 
Um, the used cars parking lot, um, the, the vehicles would be ready um, much quicker uh, without the cost of any deliveries or collections you know, to a third party uh, location, which also means that the, uh, the resale um, um, residual value would be quite um, retained and would be slightly higher because uh, they're, they're on the, the forecourt for resale at a much quicker time scale, shall we say. Mm. Good news um, for the sales department, yeah? Good news for the sales department, yeah, yeah, and especially you know if if they can, you know if they can if they can turn a, a used car around within three or four days rather than three or four weeks, you know that 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 could be anything from a hundred to three, four, five hundred pounds. Um, that's that's beneficial to them, you know, not losing on the residual. Uh, also, you know, it's a, it's a new it's a new um, offer to the customers that the dealerships can can make. You know, some of these dealerships. The, the 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 bread and butter is to sell new vehicles, obviously, and and then once you've sold those vehicles, is have those vehicles in regularly for servicing. The problem, as we all know, is that the service schedules on new, new vehicles now are getting further and further apart. You know, I mean, they used to be six thousand miles, then they were ten thousand miles, and now they're twelve thousand miles. And in most cases now, most vehicles, uh, you know, they're getting serviced at every twenty thousand miles. So these customers are not returning as much as they used to, yeah. and you know it, it gives them another another offer to, to to give to the customer base. Yeah. Um, Diversifying, but not, you know, re really utilising the skills, facility, equipment that that you've to some degree already got in place. Well, absolutely, Graham. And you know, if you think people who you know they don't want to buy a car nowadays, they just basically want to have a, a personal lease. So every three years they can change that vehicle in, and you know they just maybe add a few pounds or a few euros onto the cost of the uh, the hire each uh, each contract every three years. You know some of the reasons for that is you know it's 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 all built into the cost. You know the the insurance might be built into that uh, contract, the the taxes and the road taxes and the license will be built into that contract. The service pro, uh, programs are built into that contract. So every month these you know. The people who are on these contracts, they know exactly what they're, they're, they're actually uh, paying out. And every three years, they, you know, they can go and get themselves a brand new vehicle on the road. Of course. Um, it's a new way of working, you know, it's a new way of, of, of owning a vehicle. Um, yeah. it's, it's some of the companies that, we, that we've dealt with in the UK. I mean, I'm not going to mention any of the, uh, of the, of the OEMs, but uh, certainly one of them that I spoke to uh, only a few months ago was telling me that in 2020, 85% uh, of their car sales went through a PCP or a PCH contract, you know, which is absolutely huge when you mm. consider um, uh, that, that, you know, that they're actually pushing in hundreds of thousands of vehicles in the market and 85% yeah. of them are on contract hire or contract purchase um, deals. So with those deals, it means that the, the, the owner or the driver has got to go back to the dealership for the servicing. Um, uh, they should be going back if there's any body or damage repairs, you know. And from a from a dealership's perspective, um, then if they offer a new service like this, then you know it does an off an offer of a, a new revenue stream. And I suppose, you know, you talk there there a little bit about the UK and, you know, for 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 the audience wider. I mean, I mean, what's quite interesting is that you know what we are seeing even in the emerging markets now that that the same, you know, consumer habit. Of, of buying the vehicle through PCP or similar type scheme is, is growing dramatically. 
You Absolutely, know. Graham. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, I used the UK as an example there, but the company that I was actually um, uh, discussing that uh, concept with was a was a global, huge global player in the in the manufacturing market. Yeah. You know, and and they for many years have been the the highest selling. Um, vehicles across the globe mm. <clears throat> now so that's not going to be something that's just going to be um in place for the uk without a doubt you know that they, they'll be pushing that uh, concept yeah. around the world because it, it it maintains the car sales definitely but you know surely to make such changes or you know if i have a body shop network surely it's going to be a big challenge you know how, how do we sort of approach this you know what is there a best practice is there a blueprint is there a you know, what are the key steps to making this happen? Well, first of all, um, before any implementation takes place, Graham, you know, you've asked the question about how do we approach it, what steps do we make? Well, the main thing is that we need to look at uh, the current uh, work mix. So we measure wh where we are with the current work mix, you know, between the small, medium or large repairs that's coming through the shop. We, we sort of look at the percentage of, uh, of where the small and medium uh, jobs are um, today and how that's changed over the current um, period, you know, let's say the last year or two years. So we need to carry out a full analysis of the uh, of the existing operation, collate an existing data and investigate new opportunities. Uh, and once this is all done, we can then start. Uh, some investments can be uh, can be more than others, obviously, depending on how we want to uh, push this forward. Uh, some investments might be very uh, low uh, in value because, we, you know, the body shop or the, the dealership may already have um, uh, certain amounts of, uh, of tooling in place. Uh, and other ones you want to go down a completely new route will will may have to uh, have a higher investment, uh, depending on what what their their business model is and and what their opportunities are and, and you know versus any of the uh, of the of the costs versus that investment. Um, typically, uh, the body shop or the dealership, once we've done the um, uh, analysis, can then decide whether rapid repair and the concept of rapid repair is um, is going to be implemented within the existing facility. Or perhaps even look at uh, you know a standalone model which may be uh, off-site or uh, within the, uh, the uh, a section of the car park or uh, or, or even build a new uh, a new model somewhere which uh, which serves for two or three dealerships and they all come into the you know into the one place. Yeah. Uh, but again, once the analysis is done, you know, and and the decisions are made and and the size of the investments is is this, is. Um, Made by the dealership or body shop, we can we can start looking at that in a different way, okay. uh, and and the size of the investment is also dependent on the um, existing facility. You know, if it's a bigger facility, can this new approach um, uh, and concept of rapid repair be added within those premises, uh, or whether the choice of a standalone model is taken into consideration? You know, but um, you know, without the analysis, without the measurements, you know, before, during, and after. Uh, these things never work. Yeah, I mean, that that, I mean, it's quite clear, Robbie, that the business benefit is then directly linked to the investment required, and and you you the process there of of analysing first of all and understanding the the current business and and its data and so on is is all part of the process. So at least it's enabling the body shop or body shop network to make an informed decision. You know, before making any changes, and I suppose it might not always be suitable for for all body shops. I suppose is the case. Um, I mean, I've I've got a little bit of experience of this, and and I've worked alongside some body shops, 
in various regions that, that clearly saw a big change in the type of work that they were seeing. And, and it was sort of coinciding with the time of which they were looking to, to make investment into the body shop. And, and you know, they were facing this, this sort of traditional investment of, you know, in, investment in some big equipment. And, you know, when you then really start to drill into the business, we started to find that actually, you know, 45 to 50% of the business could actually be handled through a sort of rapid repair concept. You know, so actually it helped them to invest a lot more wisely and the return on investment was obviously far greater. And and ultimately, you know, it's ensuring that they've got a far more sustainable, uh, you know, model for the future. So I think, you know, the examples I've seen and certainly been involved with, you know, one of the biggest things that we saw as a, as a benefit from this, and this this was actually taking different models into account. This is where we saw one example, they, they actually built their own standalone body shop because of the way that that business was structured and the, and the type of layout of the site and taking all this into account, they decided that the most sensible way forward for them was to have a standalone site. So rapid repair and these small cosmetic repairs would go through that center. Then adversely, we also see on the opposite side where you know the body shop has to some degree relevant space they within their own system and their own process and within their own working area they could quite clearly define you know an area for doing rapid repair and have a separate line for this so okay. you know I've, I've seen both models um the interesting thing is is what one thing we did see very very quickly was that the overall key to key time because you've got maybe 50 percent of your repairs you're you're impacting half of your business, you know, in terms of bringing down the, the key to key times. And what we saw was once you really get this implemented and get it functioning, that we that we saw on those type of repairs where typically they were taking three or four days of workshop time, you know, because typically a small repair is in the same line as a medium or heavy repair. You know, it's still got to go through the paint process. It's still got to go through preparation all the stages to some degree are the same, you know, what, what was actually happening was these small repairs were always written down as almost sort of, you know, to the customer, it will be one week, you know, where in effect, when you actually separate them out and, and once we, we started to measure this, it, it was more realistic, like two days. So, you know, halving the time it takes to repair these smaller repairs. When you consider this is like 50%, you know, 65% of your sales, depending on where you are in the world, it, it really leads to, you know, massive increase also in profitability. So, you know, this is some of the things that we have seen from this, you know, when, when people are, are looking at making these sort of changes. But, you know, change is, 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 is always a big thing. And, you know, I'm sure a lot of people will say, well, what sort of changes do I need to make? Do I, empl do I need to employ new staff to do this? Do I have to change product? Um, how, you know, how do we handle that side of things? You know, what, what, what do we, how do we help the body shop make these changes or what, what advice do we give to the body shop to help them make this, uh, you know, a, a real success? Okay, Graham, well, as, as you mentioned there about, um, change and uh, how daunting it can be, you, you, you're right, you know, most people don't like change. They like to stay, uh, as they are. Um, unfortunately, as we know, you know, uh, things change in the world and, and if we don't change with them, then obviously we, 
before by the wayside. So um, going back to what we've uh, what we've looked at and what we try to do with the customers uh, to help them um, make that step change uh, as smooth as possible. Well, first of all, as mentioned earlier, you know we we have to take the uh, evaluation into consideration. Um, going through with the body shop and the dealership and that's a must-do exercise uh, you know we, we mentioned that earlier on in the in the conversation uh, and and that real uh, must-do exercise uh, includes a full assessment of the opportunity uh, that that could be involved in the um, in the revenue streams uh, as far as staff and, and training uh, is is concerned uh, it is a new way of working um, but with the lower volumes of the uh, of the more higher severe impact damage um, we could look at um, retraining some of the staff that's already in the workforce, you know, changing some job roles, putting them into different teams, working um, towards a way of uh, becoming a rapid repair team, shall we say. Um, and, and because of the, the substantial change over the years with the volumes lowering, that could be a good possibility to, to use what we've already got in the, in the staff that's uh, in the shop. Uh, the other route to market is uh, is uh, is starts off again with a, a completely new uh, line of staff, introduce them into a new facility if if that's the chosen route, and and have them uh, set up in and trained in a new way of working as a one team uh, specialising in the rapid repair, uh, cosmetic repair for the sort of uh, two to three panel um, accident related repairs. Um, we have various options out there which we can help with, um, including um, training uh, on, on offer. We have um, a full setup of uh, training within our CRICS, which is the, uh, you know, the country uh, car refinish instruction centres. Uh, we have manuals created for, for each of the countries to be able to add training in place, which include things on um, how to separate uh, the, the, the different teams within the workshop. Um, how to make those teams work for you in, in separate departments, triaging of the workflows to to make sure that you're taking the right work down the rapid repair route. Um, we also have some online training courses which are available. Uh, they've been set up by um, one of our uh, guys in the training department in, in Holland and they're ready to, to go for, for both the, the, um, the new or the existing concepts, whichever way uh, is decided to go. As far as the equipment, well, obviously we need to, as, as part of our assessment at the beginning, it's to also have an assessment on the equipment uh, levels, Graham. And this will be required uh, to ensure that there's a full range of tooling is currently in place um, to, to have a successful rapid repair offer. Or if that tooling is not in place, then we, you know, we, we sit down with the, the body shop or the dealership and look at um, what investments is required. You know, these are include things like um, any panel repair tools, you know, like your miracle pulls and, and, and equipment like this, uh, any spraying or drying equipment that may be uh, different or uh, needs to be added into, uh, to the, into the system. Uh, but we have a full catalogue of different uh, equipment options, Graeme, so we can sit with the customers and go through uh, a number of different options on that. As far as the product goes, um, well, Action of Bell themselves, uh, you know, have done a lot of work over the recent years um, towards speeding up products uh, to, to be able to come in line with this type of repair. You know, uh, one, to reduce the application times and two, to drastically reduce the drying times. Um, and that in mind, we, you know, we've put together some UV products with the technology of ultraviolet drying. Um, the options we've got out there at the moment is UV primer systems and UV clear coat. 
and both of them work in conjunction with the, the latest UV curing uh, lamps, uh, which can reduce uh, the curing time down from your regular standard two-pack curing of between 20 and 30 minutes down to two to three minutes and, um, and no, certainly no longer than sort of five to six minutes with clear coats, uh, which is a, a massive uh, reduction in time uh, in a booth. Uh, we've also got um, two-pack options with uh, which fast drying with the use of infrared. Um, so again, a slightly different um, way of drying, um, UV for one, infrared for others. And we've also got an air dry uh, or low bake option, fast drying two-pack clear coat, uh, which these, these products can be uh, available uh, with the use of uh, solvents or waterborne base coats. Uh, on top of that, uh, Axelabel um, themselves, we have a continued uh, development program for um, UV products uh, and any other technologies that's coming into the market, both uh, for rapid repair and regular repair techniques, all aimed at trying to uh, reduce um, flash-off times and, and certainly reduce um, drying times to, to relieve, relieve uh, booths space so we can get more and more um, repairs through the, through the workshop. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's very comprehensive, Robbie, and, and thank you very much. You know, I think a lot of information there. I think that uh, brings us to the end of this episode on, on a really great note. And I'd just like to thank you, uh, you know, very much for sharing your views and knowledge with us. It's a topic that quite clearly you have a, a, a very uh, strong passion for and, and a lot of expertise in. Um, to the listeners out there, if you're interested in finding out more about rapid repair concepts and about Axel Nobel, please follow our organization through the usual social media platforms. You can also find us online. And, you know, we hope you enjoy these Automotive Insights Refinished podcasts. And if you did miss any previous episodes, you can find these on Spotify or YouTube. Just search for Automotive Insights Refinish. Of course, if you'd like to know more about rapid repair, contact us and contact Robbie as well um, and we'd be happy to share this, this more information with you so for now just to sort of say uh, thank you very much for listening stay safe take care and hope to see you soon bye for now